Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. Welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. In the spirit of the Thanksgiving season, we are thankful that you're joining us today, whether you've been following along for a while or this is your first episode. We are happy to have you. It's actually a cold and snowy afternoon where I sit, so much to my chagrin, it looks like winter is making its presence known. I know that if Joe were here, he would be whooping and celebrating in as loud a tone as he can muster anyway. (laughs) He and I have always been pretty polar opposites on our feelings regarding snow and winter weather. He's a big fan and I am a total Scrooge, I admit. (laughs) Colorado does do winter right though, I'll, I'll say that much. But anyway, we are not here to talk about the weather. Alicia Klausmeyer is our guest on the podcast today and her story of entrepreneurship is just so down to earth and genuine. I actually think it reminds me of a lot of us. She got a good education. She was equipped with a lot of skills. She had a lot of interests and potential, but there never was really a clear cut path kind of forged for her. So as life progressed, you know, her dreams and her needs evolved and she started to see a problem developing in the small business community that needed fixing. And that eventually led her to start Dream Accounting Solutions which is a full-service bookkeeping firm specifically supporting small businesses in Colorado Springs. So we know a lot of small businesses struggle with finding the time, the resources, or frankly, the desire to approach money management and cash flow. So if that's you, keep listening. Thankfully, Alicia says there's hope for us all. I think because what we do on a daily basis has so little to do with math or numbers or finances. We really just have a lot of fun talking with people like Alicia, who are just wired for it and have a passion for it. Just puts a smile on my face. So thank you, Alicia, for sharing your story with us on this episode. We know you all will enjoy it. So what's funny to me, uh, I've been doing these interviews for a couple of years now, and I was like, when I moved out here from to Colorado from Indiana, I was always told like, nobody's from Colorado actually, but I've, I've been surprised at how many interviews I've done from people who actually grew up not only in Colorado, but in Colorado Springs. And I know the same holds true for you. Maybe talk a little bit about your childhood and, um, yeah, just tell your story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So the nice thing is, is that I'm lucky enough to be from Colorado. I think that everyone Mm. like tries to get here as soon as they can. And I was born here. So it's amazing. Um, You know, I grew up in Colorado Springs. My parents met uh, working at Memorial Hospital here in the Springs, Um, was born there, grew up in the Springs, uh, had a great childhood, you know, lived outside every day. We had great neighbors, great friends, had the mountains, had 
uh, just uh, fabulous resources, you know, at our at our feet. So being able to take advantage of that was great. When I was in fifth grade, my parents built a house and we moved to fi- onto a five acre lot, which actually is right now in the middle of the city. But <laughs> it felt wow. like it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and we had horses, we had ATVs, we had, you know, I started r- driving a riding lawnmower over to my friend's house and my neighbor's house. Like that's how we got. <laughs> that's how we got places. So it was, it was amazing just, um, you know, feeling like we had that space and had those amazing opportunities, but also we're right in the middle of the city. So, um, yeah, we used to ride our, our ATVs across Powers Boulevard before it became really busy. So (laughs) I know small world, um, it was a small town and it's grown now, but anyways, um, you know, I am a proud alumni from Doherty high school grew up just loving everything about about Colorado Springs and had the opportunity to go away to college and but I didn't want to go too far so I I went to Colorado School of Mines in Golden far enough away but oh. still close enough to to be able to come home and still love Colorado and the ability to go snowboarding for a day and you know hike for mm-hmm. an hour and still take classes. So anyways, um, I actually have never left Colorado. I've never lived anywhere else. I mean, I've traveled a lot, but Colorado feels like home and it will always be home for us. And I'm proud to be a Colorado native. Yeah. Funny story about the school of mines. Uh, my, my nephew graduated from, uh, Breckenridge high school and we went out there for his high school graduation and we were living in Indiana and it, a lot of students were going to School of Mines. And I kept thinking they were saying School of Mines. Mimes. And I was like, what is going on? Why are so many people interested in this? <laughs> I thought that was a dying thing. I had no idea. I so many kids. Sorry, that was just no, like, not hilarious. being from the area. Yeah. So do you have any, um, you know, childhood memories? You know, it's kind of funny. I just think, like, do you have any early memories of being fascinated with numbers or business or taxes or audits yeah. or anything like that? Like, what, what are some of your earliest memories of growing up? You know, um, I think that anytime someone would ask, like, what's your favorite subject? It was always PE and math. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the things, right? You know, and you can't count recess and lunch. But math was just kind of always something that I just got and I Mm. liked. And um, I was one of those dorks where I'd get like the math syllabus a week in advance and I do all the math pro- problems and for the week and be done mm-hmm. with all my math homework. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it just, math just comes easy to me and numbers I just get. So mm-hmm. I think I always have had that memory of just liking numbers and enjoying math. Um, the piece that really kind of evolved was this understanding of analysis and how do you use these numbers and what do they tell you besides Mm -hmm. just doing the actual math that piece like kind of came with my engineering kind of mindset Mm -hmm. and the work within science and you know data analysis that i i've gained over time but yeah so math has always been there and then like kind of that engineering mindset using analysis um Mm -hmm. and using numbers came with some time I guess both of our side sides of our brains are firing. Um, you're, you're, one side of your brain's firing, and the other side of mine is not. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. How about entrepreneurship? Yeah, how about entrepreneurship? Was there anything like a you know a family owner or family member or anything like that that kind of maybe put a seed in there when you were younger for entrepreneurship? 
You know, I like thinking back, I didn't I wasn't really exposed to people that were entrepreneurs. My parents worked corporate work, corporate jobs. You know, my mom worked part time in the medical mm -hmm. field. So I, I guess I was exposed to management and administrative like work, CEO type stuff, because that's kind of what my dad was in, but never from like an entrepreneur standpoint. And, and honestly, I didn't really think I was going to be an entrepreneur for the longest time. And it wasn't until I kind of made that leap that mm. I was like, you know, this is right for me. This feels right. Um, I, I need this. I can do this. And I felt confident and learned along the way what that process looked mm. like. But <clears throat> no, I didn't know what I was going to do, I guess, for the longest time. <laughs> It was yeah. never in the radar. <laughs> yeah. So once you made the leap, it, it felt comfortable, but you weren't you weren't always aspiring to get there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, so in terms of education, you talked about School of Minds, but you know, your LinkedIn also indicates you got your bachelor's from Colorado State in health yep. and exercise science and a master's in curriculum and instruction. So kind of talk about how that background eventually pointed you toward accounting. How, yeah. How, talk about that <laughs> navigation. Well, you know, when you're when you're 18 years old and you're deciding on what you're going to mm -hmm. do for the rest of your life, you don't ever really know. I for mean, sure. Rarely, right? So, I had that engineering mindset. Really loved health, and I I think the thing like reflecting back, I just love helping people and making a difference mm -hmm. and being a problem solver. So all of those things were like, hmm, I think maybe do engineering. Hmm, mm -hmm. maybe not engineering. It didn't feel fit in there after two years at School of Mines. I I transferred to CSU in Fort Collins. Yeah. Um, I guess I took the easy route because the way my tr my credits transferred in, I thought maybe I was gonna go into health, into the health medical mm -hmm. world. But after spending some time in it, I said, you know, this isn't for me either. So then I went back on the what I wanted to be in second grade was a teacher. So I said, mm. let's try this. I love yeah. helping people and I love kids and I can solve some problems. And I actually spent um, just over. 13 years in education, in public mm -hmm. education, K-12. Oh. Um, and during that time, really kind of, I guess, gained the skills and the knowledge to be able to take on manage, manager type positions, administrative work. I spent some time in education doing data analysis and understanding student test scores and analyzing that to help make, um, put into place interventions. So there was really like, kind of referred back to numbers all the time and that mm -hmm. analysis piece. But then in addition, I, I had my, I got my administrative license and that provided me a lot of knowledge to be able to feel like I could run a business. Um, and kind of on a whim, I was already doing all of my husband's bookkeeping, accounting and taxes mm. for his business and kind of fell in love with it. And I realized I needed a break from education. And so it kind of like, fell into my lap and um but I, I going back to that reflection piece I think yeah. that all of those things that I experienced throughout my life and education and jobs and careers and things really led up to being building this great business and yeah. being successful at it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what does your husband do what's his <laughs> business um, he is a real estate appraiser, so okay. it's not super complicated accounting or anything. So I had to learn on, you know, and I took additional 
uh, accounting courses and yeah. um, certifications and things to be able to, to support other businesses and their needs. But mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like the start. Yeah, yeah, it's a good start. Good start for you to get in there. What were some while you were doing there working at his business? What were some of the light bulbs that were turning on for you about starting your own business? You know, were there some I don't know, needs in the industry or some personal aspirations that you started to uncover at that time of life? Absolutely. There is, you know, I think there's twofold. First thing that I really appreciated about him and his business and me seeing it was the flexibility. We've got two young kids. We mm. we I want to build a life that involves them and we're there for them. And so having that flexibility as a business owner to be able to, oh, we've got a sick kid or pre-COVID, like we've got to be home doing e-learning, right? Like Mm -hmm. those abilities to be able to have that flexibility were game changer for us. Um, Just being able to be there for school pickup and school drop off and sick days and school performances and all of those things were huge. Um, And then in addition to that, you know, just being in the small business world and seeing the needs of a small business owner and how many hats they're expected to wear and do it Mm. all, but they don't have the skills or the time to do it. You know, like I felt like there was a problem that I could help solve. It's like taking some of that stress and weight off of small business owners' shoulders and helping them succeed and thrive. And, you know, how many small businesses fail with, in the first three to five years because mm-hmm. of so many things, but one of them being finances and understanding of what's going on. And so kind of being there to definitely help get through that time, provide an extra set of eyes, some weight off shoulders, all of those things. It was definitely a problem that I w- was able to come in and solve and a need that I saw. torn the house apart looking for your wallet, only to find that it's in your pocket, or pulled all the clothes out of the dresser to locate the belt that's already around your waist. Sometimes we're blind to what's right in front of us. The same is true of your small business marketing strategy. You want to meet your marketing and sales goals. You want to spend money and see a profit. You want to invest your time and see it produce a return. You want your marketing strategy to be better, but you can't see how to do it. So you just keep doing it blindly while the tools for success are dangling in front of you. Like those keys you misplaced. Psst, check the key ring. In setting out to solve this problem, we created the Squint Test, a simple, fast, and free marketing assessment tool that gives you an instant glimpse at your marketing efforts including its strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities. It shows you where you're excelling and what needs attention. Even more, it shows you where specifically you should consider investing your marketing efforts and dollars. All it takes is two minutes to answer 10 questions. Honesty encouraged for best results. Once you complete the squint test, our team will review your results, formulate custom recommendations for your small business, and be in touch with next steps. If you have more questions or see something you're eager to run after, we'd be happy to help. Take the free test today at keyholemarketing.us slash marketing dash assessment.
So, I mean, those are all, those are all great, right? When you're still sort of have a job and you're, you're, you're aspiring to, for those things to become reality. And then there's that actual moment where you're going to make that leap. Tell me about that time in time in your life when you were, you know, just ready to do that. Was there just a crisis, a moment we have to make this happen now? Was there, um, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna take that leap of faith and see what turns out. Talk a little bit about where you were psychologically at that, at that place. Um, good question. So I think that it had been coming for a long time. I kind of got to that point and it was a struggle working in K-12 education with young kids and like, okay, I got to figure out how to like, how am I going to get out? How am I going to create a better life? What is this going to look like Hmm. um, for us? And so I thought it was, I think it was coming, but then finally when I kind of made that decision and it was like, it was like a light bulb moment, right? Like ding, ding, ding. I'm this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to just take the leap and I'm going to do it. And I always have stuff to fall back on. Like I mm. have my education. There's always going to be jobs available if I need to. I've got, I've got great resources in the community if I need them. But um, I, I just need to take this leap and I need to go all in because if I don't go all in, then I feel like I'm going to be half-assing it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're never sure. going to really know if you can do it and do it well if you're just like, I'm going to stick in a toe and I'm just going to mm-hmm. try a little bit. So mm-hmm. it really was that like full leap, let's do this. And, and here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. I just had that conversation with a friend over lunch, uh, yesterday, her husband, you know, was on the, on the verge of quitting his business and starting a new business. And it's that weird time of place where it's, he's not really, doesn't have the time or energy to fully commit to the new business. So there's just a lot of that and it probably Mm -hmm. would be better for him to Mm -hmm. make the leap, but it's just coming to that point when you're finally able to do that and feel comfortable about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it does take time sometimes to make that final decision and yeah, I don't know, prepare, put all of the things in place to make sure you're ready. So we'd like to ask this question of, um, how would you describe your business to a five-year-old? I feel like, especially in, in your space where, you know, terms like accounting, reconciliation, fiscal statements, those you know, people glaze over when they hear those words. So yeah, like, how, yeah. how would you put what you do in, in terms that we could all understand? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think my daughter is five and mm. probably this is the way that I would explain it to her. Okay. Or she might even be able to explain it to someone else is like helping people understand where their money is coming from and where Mm. their money is going and if they're actually making money. (laughs) So, you know, that's like really high level stuff, but in good terms, like, hey, how much money do you have? And Mm -hmm. where is your money coming from? Or where are you spending your money? And that's, that really is the extent of it. It sounds so basic, but it is complicated on top of that. But that's the basis of what we do. It, yeah, and that's it's so necessary, of course, and helpful. But it is, as a business owner myself, it's those numbers that kind of get scary. Not just the math. I mean, that some of it's pretty simple math, but mm-hmm. it's more. I'm scared. It almost like it's better off not knowing. Sometimes is how I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ignorance is bliss, even though that's not true. But that's, yeah, uh, that's a very common common mm-hmm. approach to accounting and bookkeeping <laughs> within business. Like yeah. I just check my bank account balance, and I think I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like exactly. There's there's some scarcity, like um, some avoidance. Definitely. Yeah. There's a book I read called Profit First, and. Yes. 
Okay, you read that one as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Yeah, it's just the first chapter too is like he was writing directly to me. You know, all the numbers that I'm like trying to shy away from or pretend myself, pretend they're better than they really are, or whatever, whatever language I was speaking to myself. Like I was like, well, how did you write this directly to me? How did you know my story? But yep. of course, I'm not uncommon in that experience. So yeah. So then, who do you who do you serve? I mean, is it small business owners? Is it um, and then like yeah, who, who's the audience you're you're, you're trying to reach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, small business owners really is our our niche, um, and hmm. we we work with service based mostly, okay. um, service based like creatives, um, providing yeah labor services and more so mm-hmm. than retail. Um, but that being said, I really we just love working with business owners that want to be educated and learn and grow. Um, maybe they're, they've got some goals in mind and they want to be able to bring on staff and they need to have an extra set of eyes. Um, maybe they are, um, have been avoiding it for the longest time, but they really Mm. need to understand what's going on. And so Mm -hmm. people that really want that education and true understanding, a collaborative uh, approach towards analyzing your finances, that type of thing. Those are our ideal clients. Um, Former education background, right? Former teacher, that's what I love doing is teaching and helping helping business owners understand. Not saying Mm -hmm. that you need to understand to the point to be able to do it, do all of our job, but you need to understand what's going on in your business and what does a financial statement tell you. Um, So that's that's really who we work with. Gotcha. And I know you... You launched this in 2019, so this was pre-COVID, um, but obviously your model uh, had <laughs> works really well in today's landscape. Yeah. Um, yeah, was that sort of a personal decision, or was there something that you know you just hated the traditional model of somebody coming into an office, flipping through paperwork and receipts and everything else? Like, yeah, was it more for your own um, personal life experience, or was it, was it more of the the model seemed to be broken in a certain way? Oh, you know, I actually, I think it was both. I think Mm. that the model was, uh, yeah, was broken. I think that as a society, we are moving in a direction of utilizing, you know, technology resources a lot more. And uh, even pre-COVID, you know, fewer and fewer office spaces and more like co-working spaces, if, if that be the case, if people wanting to work. Um, in an office, but at the same time, um, I, I I come from a background. I'm I, I, I'm younger. I'm used to I'm used to technology. I'm used to utilizing it, and I think there the efficiencies that are available to us today um, are necessary for the accounting world to put into mm. place. And mm-hmm. because to succeed with a, a successful business or have a successful business and succeed through this, you have to be efficient in the work that you're doing, or you're going to have to charge people an arm and a leg to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it unaffordable to smaller businesses that are just starting out. So there, yeah, there was multiple things that I, I took into consideration when starting the business and really approaching this virtual world um, and virtual bookkeeping and accounting. Um, but then in addition, I wanted the flexibility and having the flexibility for my personal life was only going to happen if I was virtual. Yeah. Um, having an office, an eight to five type office 
it takes away that ability to be flexible and be there for my kids. Mm -hmm. And so creating this environment has been great for me and then my staff as well, because they all have that flexibility and work from their houses during their time, you know, um, and can utilize the resources that we have at hand. For sure. And I, I missed my opportunity to ask this earlier, but talk a little bit about your family. You're, you've got how many kids? We've got two ages? kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Riker, he is currently seven okay. years old. And then Everett or Evie is her name mm. and she's five. And okay. so second in grade in kindergarten, um, which is a great time. First yeah. year of them being in the same school together. One yeah. drop off, one pickup. Right. It's right. fun. <laughs> Yeah, and then you get a little time to focus on the business as well when they're we're there at school. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's and great. knock on wood, in school, no COVID e-learning right. so far. Exactly. Yep. Same here as well. We've got an eight-year-old, and so far we've had a, a safe year. He actually, he, his class last year was the only one in his school that didn't go on quarantine, which is pretty amazing. Oh, lucky. Yes. Um, yeah, I had, had a couple couple close calls, but then um, didn't have to do, which is crazy. So that is crazy. Um. What's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of your tar- target demographic being a small business owner in the service industry. And I'm, there's many out there as well who are in that same space. Like, what's one thing you wish people like us knew or would think about in, in terms of your business and, and our finances and maybe some things we, we tend to lie to ourselves about or pretend don't exist? Like, what are some, yeah. <laughs> give us some thoughts that we should consider, yeah. Um, all right, so the first thing I always tell people is please don't just wait and do your bookkeeping for tax time at the end of the year or after mm. the year's over. Because what you've done now is you have wasted a full year of important information that you could have used to help you make informed decisions about your business. Mm-hmm. When you are looking back and reflecting on the past, like a year ago, what happened last December, what happened, you know, that is a lot of wasted time for Mm -hmm. you to use information. Um, So really, it's important to stay on top of what's going on in the business and really understand. Um, The other thing that I always tell clients is like, you don't, don't do your books for taxes only. Mm -hmm. Like don't create books that are to show what you have as tax deductible items. Yes, it's fabulous. Compliance is so important in terms of record keeping. It's great to have it all nice and neat and ready to hand over to a tax accountant, but you need to create it so that you can use it. So Mm -hmm. if you need to know where your income's coming from and you need to have four different income accounts so that you can track it, create those income accounts. Like, so that you can be like, oh, guess what? 60% of our income comes from this one source, revenue source. Mm -hmm. Same thing with expenses. So really create it so it's usable for you. Don't wait till the end of the year. Stay on top of it. Um, Let me think what else. And then, you know, having an extra set of eyes and actually reviewing financial statements or knowing what a financial statement says Mm -hmm. is going to be game changer for you and your business. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. those are kind of the main things. Well, that's great. Free advice. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that Profit First book I mentioned, I mean, that was mind-blowing for me because it just helped me to realize, like, don't look at it as this mound of cash that you can pull from and stuff isn't allocated for this or for that. And you get nervous when it's 
big at some or a lot mm-hmm. small at sometimes, and then it, mm-hmm. it balloons at the, at the end of the month, the beginning of the next month, and then it's like now it's scary again midway through the month. So yeah. often reprioritize and put some things in different ways, and I've it's definitely been a less stressful uh, setup for sure. Great, yeah, I've got a lot of clients that use Profit First, and I I help them with that process, mm-hmm. and I I think that it is a great resource for small business owners, especially those that are overwhelmed by numbers and an yeah. easy, quick, like I'm gonna check my bank account balances because that's where you feel comfortable. That's great. Yeah. It's a good like <laughs> intro step. Yeah, there's much yeah. more that you can help me with, but it's yeah, it helps me just, just on a psychological standpoint, <laughs> not stay awake at night, you know, for sure. Uh-huh, exactly. So we're, we're close to 2022. What's, what's on the horizon? What are some things you're looking forward to in the next year or next few years for your business? Good question. So, you know, within the accounting world, like especially bookkeeping, it's very cyclical, like your years, um, what look, what that comes down to. Um, so we, we've got a great team in place, recently hired another person. So we've got capacity to be bringing on new clients and helping helping more people and small business owners really understand what's going on. Um, we have increased like some of our services and payroll mm-hmm. was not necessarily the one that I, I've done a lot of marketing, but the person we just hired is a full-time, is a payroll specialist. So providing payroll, um, providing additional services, and then really just, um, yeah, trying to make an impact in the community um, has been is like really a big goal. We don't have a goal on bringing on a number of clients or bringing in like certain revenue. Really, our goal is how many businesses can we impact and help along the way. And um, so educating that's, more people. Yeah, that's awesome. And that is a nice segue into the final question of just, you know, you grew up in Colorado Springs. You've stayed here all these years. Um, you know, what's, what do you enjoy most about being now being a part of the the business community around here and helping other businesses as well? You know, I, I love that Colorado Springs really is like a big, small town. Mm -hmm. Once you start making connections with people in the community, you, you find more and more people are connected. You find that you help one person, they help someone else, then your, your help, you know, it just balloons and grows. Um, the thing that I guess I, I love about the community is that everyone is really aware of small businesses and supports mm. small businesses. And I think that's just fabulous being able to, to do that. And mm-hmm. consciously people are making decisions that impact you know, direct their neighbors directly, their yeah. friends, um, not, not so much of the corporate uh, mindset. So yeah. I think that's great. And I love just being a part of that. And, and as a business owner, I get to do that too, right? I get to help mm-hmm. other small businesses in the Springs and, um, not only as customers, but, um, like I am clients of other small business owners. So yeah. that's great. That is great. It's not just such a small, big town that you can ride ATVs across uh, powers anymore. But it's <laughs> not anymore. Town. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go a little further out now. Exactly. But. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much for the time today. It's really—I mean, you're just your energy for the just is infectious, and it makes the industry that has a can have a negative or, or boring reputation <laughs> yeah. seem really exciting. And uh, just thanks for for you sharing your story with us today. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Metaphorically Speaking podcast. At Keyhole Marketing, we tell big stories for small businesses. 
If you're in the Colorado Springs area and ready to tell your business story, we'd love to come alongside you and help you with your content, branding, SEO, social media, or photography needs. For an instant glimpse at your current marketing's strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities, take our free marketing assessment at keyholemarketing.us slash marketing dash assessment, or send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us and let us know how we can help tell your story.